0: Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey everybody, Chad Madden here with the Grow Your Practice podcast. And today we have a very special guest. Christy Hudson is the Vice President of Business Relations at Cairo Health USA, and I think this is going to be a great episode for you, especially if you are a private practice owner, you're facing compliance, legal obligations, financial health. We're going to talk about all of that with uh, Christy Hudson. So welcome to the podcast here, Christy.
1: Thank you, Chad. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. So uh, you've been in your current role for quite a while. Can you talk a little bit about um, how you got into... uh, well, first of all, you should clarify, you're not a clinician, right? But you help hundreds or if not thousands of clinicians all across the the country, right? That's correct. Awesome. So how did you um, get involved at first with healthcare, chiropractic care, um, and ultimately uh, get started in your your profession?
1: Um, well, this was kind of like a, a second um, you know, career. I had bit worked in property management for over a decade. I got burnt out, and decided to be a stay-at-home mom, and it took me nine months to realize I am not woman enough for that. I love my children so much, but nine months into it, I miss adult conversation and just being a part of something, and randomly one night, I had never, promised, never been on Craigslist in my life. At nine o'clock at night, I'm on Craigslist, and this job posted where a doctor said that he was looking for a personal assistant and I thought well how hard could that be so I sent him my resume walked into the living room ma- told my husband I was like that's it I love them but I am going back to work I just submitted my resume to a job but I'm going to start looking for a job and when I came back into my bedroom I had a missed call a text message and an email from Dr. Ray Foxworth and I called him back met with him at 7 30 the next morning and I just celebrated 12 years with him last, last week.
0: Congratulations to you! That's great. So, uh, Cairo Health USA. I know we talked about it uh, in the pre-chat here, but can you explain to all the listeners exactly uh, what you do, how you help uh, chiropractic business
1: owners? Absolutely. So, we're a discount medical plan organization, and we give um, practice owners the ability to be able to offer legal and compliant discounts in their practice. Um, you know. There are so many rules and regulations when it comes to health care. It's the second most regulated industry in this country. And even though as a, as a business owner, practice owner, you should be able to do what you want, charge what you want. We all know that the reality is that's not the case. And so you have to be able to offer a way to still make care affordable for your patients but still be able to be profitable. And I think that that's a tug of war that all business owners and clinicians, when you're wearing that dual hat, it's like, I need to be profitable, but I want to help as many patients as I can. So you need a way to be able to do that legally and compliantly and have somebody guide you to make sure that you're not, you can't discount your way to the top. Bottom line is, you know, you're never going to be successful. You work more, get less. There, But there is a delicate balance in affordability and profitability.
0: That's great. So can we just walk through one example on that just to illustrate for everybody? Are you cool with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Great. So if, uh, yeah, I'm a chiropractor, physical therapist, uh, podiatrist, and I want to charge uh, the patient, say $150 a visit. Yeah. Um, are there upward barriers for what I can charge that would be question number one. And number two, is there a point where I discount it? So let's say my retail rate is 150, but I want to sell a package of 20 visits. And so that would be $3,000. Quick math off the top of my head. If you sign up today, I'll discount it a thousand dollars. Am I allowed to do that? So is there an upper barrier and a lower barrier? Because I'm guessing you help uh, chiropractors hit the sweet spot there.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, So A great example in in using that with the discounts, you could do a percentage off discount. So we're limited by the Office of Inspector General, you know, federal government, that the max amount of a discount that you can give to somebody is 15% for paying at the time of service, meaning you collect when they come in, right? Or in your case, you do a $3,000, they get a 15% discount. Well, $450 is not as much of a discount as a 1000 So how do you hit that $1,000 mark? You would use a company like us. So it's similar to insurance in that you have a contractual network agreement, except we don't dictate what you're going to get paid. We work through that process with you. You make that determination. So let's say you want to do that. So instead of $150 a visit, we're going to do it at $100 a visit, right? Then that's what we discounted at. And we, we set it at a cap fee of $100 a visit. And you'd be able to do that. So the difference is to, or not the difference, but what the similarities with insurance and a DMPO, which ironically, most of us are owned by insurance companies and we're not, is that the patient has to join the network. So where you and I have insurance, we're paying hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a month to be, you know, the benefit of that contract to get the discount at the doctor's office patients join us as well. And it's $49. They sign up in the provider's office and it covers them and all of their legal dependents for one year to get that discount so that they're able to go from $3,000 to $2,000 based on how you set up your discounts.
0: Right. So you're really the bridge between the provider and the patient. Yes. Awesome. Uh, I want to ask you about the, and we were talking about this a little bit beforehand as well in the prep, but, uh, What are the, what are the unique challenges right now for chiropractic care? You know, we're coming out of the pandemic, things are getting back to normal. What are the biggest, let's say the two or three biggest challenges you see right now, Christy?
1: Well, I think right now that the, one of the bigger challenges that everybody's seeing is that people are cutting back on their expenses. And one of those in a recent study that came back is that people are, are even cutting back on needed healthcare expenses you know, they'll live with pain for a long time until it starts to disrupt their activities of daily living to save money. And right now we have economic turmoil, like nobody knows what's really going to happen. We're rolling into the holiday season and that in and of itself, as you know, is when people start to, again, pull back on health care just to get through the holidays. And I think what we are seeing is that one people, are clinicians arbitrarily set their their practice fees low like they're not charging market value or number two they don't even know how to determine what market value is in your area you know i'm in mississippi and so a clinician in my area is going to charge something completely different for the same service than they would in dallas texas or in new york city you know i work with providers who are on you know in manhattan and their routine office visit is more than a new patient visit in Mississippi, right? So it's all relative. And we are seeing people who are suppressing their fees, charging lower than the market value to make care affordable, to entice people to come into their office. The problem is, is you know, patients, regardless if it's podiatry or, um, you know, PT or even chiropractic, is they don't even know what market is or what they should be paying. They're just going to keep calling until they get the lowest rate.
0: Yeah. Very fair. Uh, so I heard you say you know, the uncertain economics, a lot of people are forgoing even necessary care right now. Any other trends that you see when you're working with the, the practices that you that are in your network?
1: You know, um, a lot of our chiropractic offices, and I know this is nationally, even my husband who works outside of healthcare is everybody is understaffed. Um, and that's a struggle. I mean, that adds increased pressure and stress on your office. Um, and I think now is a really good time, especially for healthcare. care. Um, sometimes we lag a little bit in technology um, and it has come such a long way. And there's so many incredible um, technological advances that can help make your office run more efficiently um, so that you're not putting as much pressure on yourself and your team and not feeling that you're one person short or two people short in your office.
0: Is there a specific example that you're thinking of there, Christy?
1: Well, I will tell you that like um, the nurse practitioner that I saw last week, because I had the flu, um, one of my favorite things that they implemented during the pandemic is they did online scheduling and they have a practice app. So if I need to schedule an appointment, which I did last week and I went online, I I scheduled my appointment through my app. I never had to talk to a single person. I loved it. Number two, because I was contagious and thought I probably had the flu, um, I got to sit in my car and I didn't have to go inside until it was my turn. So they just sent me a text push notification that said, we need to see you in room four. And I walked in there, went in there, um, still never talked to a person until the nurse practitioner came in there. And I was in and out of my appointment in under 30 minutes. When I walked out the door, um, I got a text notification that said, based on my copay, I owed $15. Click here to pay now.
0: That's great. Awesome segue into what we were talking about. Uh, Almost a completely touchless visit, which is, um, I see that everywhere now, even in car service or whatever it might be. Um, You mentioned that. Clinicians, chiropractors specifically, they have trouble with the, that financial conversation. Can you talk a little bit about what you see there and how uh, how they can overcome that and, and remedy that?
1: Well, and it's interesting. I was on social media the other day. Somebody asked a question about compliant discounts. And the whole conversation actually went from discounting compliantly to avoiding a financial conversation altogether. And when I say that it was off the rails, I'm talking hundreds of posts about avoiding this conversation. Um, you know, everybody y'all went to school to be clinicians, not to talk to patients about money. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is we've got to be upfront and transparent. Um, we were talking about this great example of that first. I thought it was just chiropractic, but I have a friend who's a dentist. He will not have a conversation with patients at all. Um, but your orthodontist, like they are. Grows at having this conversation. Like they value their services and they are upfront. And as we all know, if you're parents, you know, this is not cheap. <laughs> you're going to make a car payment to them, a small car payment for a couple of years so your children have a beautiful smile. But when you go in and they do the exam, they sit down with you, whether it is the orthodontist or another person in their office, and they say, based on our findings, this is what we recommend. Here are your payment options. Would you like to pay up front and full? Or would you like to make this monthly payment for the next two and a half years? And you sign on the dotted line and you'll walk out of there with a payment book to make payments on it. And that is what every healthcare practitioner needs to do. Own your fees. And if you don't want to have that conversation, hire somebody whose only job is a financial conversation. And I get it. It, you know, learn a script. Nobody wants to sound like a robot, but practice makes it. you become more comfortable in having that conversation. The doctor has recommended this. This is what your insurance is going to cover. We're guesstimating. And this is what you're going to pay out of pocket. How would you like to pay for that? It's as simple as that. And it's really funny is that one of the number one reasons a patient stops seeing a healthcare practitioner is a lack of clarity on a financial situation. Is they're terrified of getting that phantom bill in the mail that is thousands of dollars because nobody told them what they were going to have to pay, and they're super confused about it.
0: Yeah, uh, love that point, and glad you connected the dots there. I know from personal experience, we uh, we have a- Amy is works in our billing and she has this majority of these conversations with patients and she does exactly what you said which is ask simply ask we called your insurance company or you know you're out of network here are your benefits this is what it is how would you like to handle that and just literally helps problem solve with the patient um whether it's a payment plan or whatever that might be in order to uh to help them make them uh whole right for the the treatment in the plan of care. So, love how you connected the dots there. Thank you for that, Christy. The other thing that I wanted to ask you about is um, I know you had mentioned about the importance of giving back within the profession. I know uh, Chiro Health USA does this to a steep degree. You know, you had shared uh, $3 million plus that you've given in scholarships to uh, chiropractors, aspiring chiropractors. Can you talk about the importance of that? And and really, how to pay it forward and how to think through that as a clinician.
1: Absolutely, you know, Dr. Foxworth when he started Care Health USA, because that's what you know we all do is we start one business, the clinic. We do that for a little while, and then we're like, let's do something else. And when he started Care Health USA, you know, our tagline is the network that works for chiropractic. And so from the very beginning, from day one, he wanted to give back to a profession that had given so much to him. It was he was a second generation chiropractor, and he was like so how do i get back so we earmarked a certain percentage of our income or, or our revenue to go back to the chiropractic profession and in the beginning it was you know just like a certain percentage to every state association because every you know healthcare profession has an association um, and they do so much more than offer you CE hours, ladies and gentlemen. Um, they're advocating on your behalf. They're fighting legislation. They are such a resource. And if, and if you do nothing more than just become a member and pay your membership dues for that, you should be. Because they're doing a lot for you. So we donated back to them in the very beginning. Then we started working with national associations, world federation of chiropractic, investing in chiropractic research, you know, for the future of chiropractic. Um, you know, and, and children, um, is one I will never forget. My son broke his leg when he was nine years old and our insurance company did not cover physical therapy for ch- or chiropractic for children under the age of 12. And he had been in a cast for 13 weeks, five of that in a wheelchair. So obviously, he had real issues with his leg. Um, Luckily, Dr. Foxworth was in a multidisciplinary spine center with a full PT. Um, And so he did physical therapy three times a week for 12 weeks to recover from that broken leg. But the reason it was not covered by my insurance is because it was experimental, because they didn't have the research that justified what a child would need physical therapy and chiropractic. Are you kidding me? (laughs) So now we donate quite a bit of money to chiropractic research, not just specifically for children, um, but all areas of chiropractic research. And then I had the great pleasure of visiting a chiropractic college for the first time, and I got to meet students and speak to them. And I had no idea how much it cost to go to chiropractic school. Um, And so I was talking to them and we were talking about their student loan debt that they were going to have once they um graduated. And at the same time, chiropractors typically start out owning their own business. That's a huge financial burden mm-hmm. for somebody who's 25, 26 years old. And I came back to the office and I remember telling Doc that I was just so overwhelmed. Like, I just cannot imagine being this student with this much debt. And I wanted to give, just start a small scholarship. Like, could I just give away a couple thousand dollars a year to one student? And at the end of the conversation, he said, I'll give you $20,000 to give to one student every year. And I was like, awesome. So I did. And then the second year, he says, I'm going to bump it to 25. <laughs> then he gave me 25. And we just awarded our seventh scholarship recipient in Orlando, Florida last month. He's 35 years old. So this is a second career for him. He was a Marine who was injured and medically discharged. Chiropractic saved him. And he wanted to be able to give back, and so his experience with chiropractic brought him to chiropractic school. And our scholarship is going to help him to graduate with no student loan debt.
0: That's incredible. Love that story, and uh, appreciate the armed forces there. My son literally uh, a few hours ago swore into the navy. So uh, oh. my, my oldest. So thank you for that. And I grew up in a marine household. Um, but uh, yeah, love that aspect, and and everything you're doing there. Also, um, I know you started to talk about this a little bit, Christy, but you have a mentorship program as well. Can you talk about that um, and how you're bringing uh, future chiropractors along so they're more successful as clinicians and practice owners?
1: Absolutely. So, outside of Cairo Health USA, um, many of our employees volunteer with other organizations. Um, so, one of the ones that I'm part of is a nonprofit called Cairo Congress Cares. Um, And we're working on a mentorship program to foster leadership in future generations, working with students and as they graduate. And it's actually done nationally um, with through state associations as well. Um, Not to mention, we work very closely, obviously, with students. And we always um, we share with them opportunities for mentorship, either um, in volunteer opportunities with the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress. Um, which is our like public facing marketing arm of our profession with the um, Patriot project, which works with service, active duty, service members, veterans, and getting chiropractic care. Um, so there's all these different organizations that we work with and we partner with to help connect um, either doctors who are in practice, who want to get more involved in something or even students to get more involved because you have to give back. Like, this profession, every one of the clinicians that's listening, regardless of where you are in healthcare, something inspired you or touched you that said, I think I want to be a physical therapist. I want to be a podiatrist, or I want to work on teeth and bless your heart. But, you know, our chiropractor, something touched you, and it inspired you to give back to your community and serve in that way. But to further health care and further each one of your professions, you have to bring up the leadership that comes, comes next. And being a leader doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the president of your association, a national association. You don't have to do that. Sometimes it's silent leadership and it's just giving of your time. You know, maybe you give a couple hours a month to something like the Patriot Project and you go help adjust veterans at an event um, like can you think of anything more powerful than giving back in that kind of a way?
0: That's great. That's wonderful. Incredible. Um, yeah, appreciate everything you're doing there. If if there is a clinician that is listening and they want to learn more about um, Cairo Health USA or giving back, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Oh, you can just email me, Christy, K R I S T I, at ChiroHealthUSA.com. You can go to our website at www.ChiroHealthUSA.com because trust me, there is no shortage of opportunities based on whatever makes your heart skip a beat. Um, like I said, I'm always happy to connect people and say, and, you know, I'm really passionate about this. Wonderful. Let me introduce you to my BFF over here. That's
0: great. Uh, so we'll put your, both your email, Christy, thank you for sharing that, and also uh, the CairoHealthUSA.com. In the show notes, the other uh, question that I had, and I know you had uh, quite a few different tools here on Cairo Health USA. Is there one? So, the Medicare playbook, the overhead calculator, and then the findings form, the simple report of findings form. Is there one of those that is the most popular?
1: Um, probably right now with all the Medicare craziness, is the Medicare playbook. You know, Medicare documentation is. I think in my, this is my opinion because I'm not a clinician, people overthink it, <laughs> but it's a big area of risk, um, you know, so the, but the Medicare playbook is one of those ones that really breaks it down and makes it super easy. Of all those things that I sent you, I think the overhead calculator is the most important, you know, when you're evaluating your fees, setting your fees, um, you need to know how much it costs you every time you walk into a treatment room like what do you have to make to break even because I think sometimes we just pull numbers out of thin air and say oh that sounds good I'll charge that without any thought to am I losing money or am I making money and we have a responsibility to our patients to be successful in business so you have to know that number
0: yeah i d- I did go through that tool um we yeah it's almost exactly what I use in physical therapy. So very similar tool. Love that. Uh, we, we'll put all three. So you have the free Medicare playbook. Um, I'll put the link for that in the show notes, the overhead calculator, which is what you just talked about in terms of finances, really understanding our revenue and our costs and what we should be charging and, and can charge without having to close our doors because we're, we're not solvent. And then the, can you talk a little bit about the the report of findings form as well?
1: Yes, because we have so many clinicians who don't like to have that financial conversation. And a lot of people, everybody absorbs information a different way. The financial report of findings form is a really great tool that you just plug in the numbers The uh, this is what I'm recommending. This is what insurance will cover. This is your out of pocket costs. So that the patient can see the breakdown of what they're going to owe that you're recommending. Um, and it makes it really easy because it also shows them the value of the care that you're providing because they don't think of it in terms of, you know, the value of the services I'm receiving is worth a thousand, you know, a thousand, three thousand, four thousand dollars. And it's important that they know that, especially if you use a DMPO to make care more affordable so you can do a three thousand dollar plan for two thousand dollars. That's a deal because they got $3,000 in services for $2,000. So they're not thinking of it as being worth only $2,000. They're thinking of it as being worth $3,000 and they got it for $2,000 because you're such a cool dog.
0: That's great. So we'll put that in as well. Uh, So all three links. Thank you so much for sharing that. And other than your email, is there any other way that uh, people can follow you on social or anywhere else? I know you've been on quite a few podcasts. Christy, Is there what's the best way for people to get in? in contact with you
1: um the my facebook is constantly monitored um at christine hudson on facebook um i'm pretty sure that picture is me doing something really goofy i'm also um but my uh, assistant susan she monitors that like wildfire and i post stuff on there all the time free tools um you can also follow me on linkedin and instagram although instagram is just me traveling from airport to airport to airport at another event. So, um, but, you know, I'm on all those social media platforms.
0: That's great. Well, appreciate uh, all the knowledge that you shared here and what you're doing within the industry. Thank you so much, Christy. Thank you, Chad. Hi, listeners. I think I might have something that you're interested in. Uh, If you are a listener of this podcast, I'm assuming that you're an owner or an aspiring practice owner. And my question for you is, what's the most pressing thing that you're wondering about in growing your practice? So essentially, if you could ask me any question, what would that be? You know, is it something around personnel? Like, you know, how do I handle when team members ask for a raise? Is it something around marketing? Like, should I be advertising on TikTok? Or how often should I be emailing my past patients? Is it something in finance or practice growth? Well, if you have a question, wouldn't it be great you can get an immediate answer from me to your question. And I think I have something that you might be interested in. If that does fit the case for you, uh, I might be able to help you out. I'm hosting a live Q&A session for private practice owners. And you'll be able to hop on the call and uh, unmute yourself, have your camera on if you prefer, and ask me any question that you might have related to practice growth. Absolutely nothing is... Out of bounds, and uh, the the deal is you just need to register for the call. I think we have a limitation on how many people can get in. Um, we are this is something new that we're launching uh, specifically to the Grow Your Practice podcast. But you do need to register. So there's likely a link um, here or in the uh, GetBreakthrough.com page, so you can go there or look in the show notes here for the link. But you do need to register for the next live. Q&A session. So what's your most pressing question? You make, make sure that you write that down. What's stopping you from growing your practice and the way that you want to grow it? And then join me in the next live Q&A session, and we'll make sure that you get your questions answered. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, Make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.